0: You're listening to the Bankwest Economic Insights Podcast.
1: Welcome to the latest edition of the Bankwest Economic Insights Podcast. I'm Rob Corey. I'm joined in the Bankwest Cafe this week by our Chief Economist, Alan Langford. Alan, we're just a few days out now from the uh, from last week's uh, announcement of the uh the twenty eighteen federal and state budgets, obviously last week was a bit of a media frenzy that you and uh, many other economists were were caught up in but now the the dust has settled, and you've had an opportunity to to delve a little bit deeper into uh, the implications of the budget when you look at it through the lens of householders uh, and uh, and businesses uh, do the federal and state budgets deliver some positive wins for WA households and businesses?
0: Well, there were the tax cuts for low and middle income earners in the federal budget and they'll clearly give a, a win for those households that are in those income brackets. To some extent, of course, they're eroded in the state case by the increase in taxes and charges. You know, almost $300 for the representative household. And of course, not all those representative households will get the tax cut if they don't fall in with those into those uh, income brackets. And there was no increase in New Start, for instance. So a tax cut isn't going to help uh, people on New Start allowance, etc., etc. So uh, a bit of this and a bit of that. There were no new taxes uh, on businesses, for instance. Uh, so certainly the business community were pleased with that, both the federal and and state level. So there's a bit of a little bit of something for a lot of people, but uh, it's you know, it's not a it's not a big bang. They weren't n- neither of them were big bang budgets by any means.
1: Did the uh, much mooted corporate tax cuts play out as you expected?
0: Well, yes, and that's still got some way to go in in the parliament, of course. So. It seems that perhaps there's there's not a lot of action there, and one of the things particularly that was uh, really came out in the federal budget was they're really looking at the the so-called growth dividend, that's the economic growth dividend to fund those personal tax cuts, uh, and also they've abandoned before even before the budget they abandoned the increase in the Medicare levy to fund the NDIS, saying that at least in the current year. Uh, because of the robust economy in eastern Australia, there's enough tax receipts to fund that, but whether that's going forward is another matter. The uh,
1: state budget uh, that was handed down on Thursday was perhaps cruelly derided by the media as a a boring budget, Uh, but when you reflect on the, the state and federal budgets, were there any surprises, anything that stood out for you that you weren't expecting
0: to see? Yes, I think the Treasurer wore the boring uh, tag as, as a badge of honour anyway, so that's fine, but oh, look, the big surprise for me, I guess, was just how optimistic both of them are, but particularly the federal one in terms of wages growth. Uh, there is no evidence of wages growth picking up, uh, it's, it's still stuck at 2%, uh, a little bit less in WA in fact, but nationally 2%, and they've got it to up to... Uh, Three to three and a half percent by the end of the forward estimates. That's a big call in the face of still you know, lots of pressure on, on wages, you know, wage earners. You know, still uncertainty about the about jobs prospects, notwithstanding pretty good employment growth nationally. Uh, but a lot of that is, of course, part time and low low paid jobs. So that's the big one. And of course, if you don't get the wages growth, you probably won't get the household consumption growth. And that's 55 percent of the national economy and 45% of WA's economies. It is the bread and butter of the economy.
1: I imagine when you look back over your 30 years of covering budgets, though, you've tended to see uh, many governments use perhaps overly optimistic forecasts?
0: Uh, Certainly not the first. Uh, Would all 30 of them have been that, probably, Rob? Uh, This one you know, this federal one right out there, and, and the state one pretty, some pretty significant uh, growth assumptions, and, and the state level very heavily dependent on the exchange rate, because Australia's leading export state is always going to do better when the exchange rate is low, and it's uh, there's a $76 million a year sensitivity of the state budget to every one cent change in the Australian dollar, as there is a $76 million a year sensitivity to the iron ore price. So Both of those things are, are, you know, they're right sort of at at the optimistic end of what I would have uh, thought was a realistic base case expectation. I'm not saying that there isn't some upside potential to the iron ore price and hopefully some downside potential to the exchange rate, but uh, very sensitive to both. So quite a bit has to go right for the state budget assumptions, economic assumptions to come through. But not impossible. Not not at all impossible. And there may even be, as I say, there's some upside potential. Is is more than negligible, uh, but probably downside downside risk, particularly the iron ore price, would be more prominent than upside potential.
1: And presumably, many sort of economic facts, macroeconomic factors, that we have no control of, that will influence the outcome. What
0: well, exactly? The exchange rate, chief among them. Uh, we have some influence, ironically we have some influence on the iron ore price because we're far and away, WA is far and away the biggest producer in the world. So the more we produce, the the, the less likely it is that the price will go up. But uh, the exchange rate, what happens in global share markets and things like that, they're, they're not even Donald Trump can, can control them, even if he liked to think he did.
1: Now you've had a bit of time now to review the, um, the infrastructure top-ups that have been uh, announced by the federal government to support and uh, uh, help stimulate uh, growth in the WA economy, that was uh, something you've been calling for, for for quite some time. Were you were you pleased with the, 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 the raft of top-up measures that were announced and, and, and will they deliver those shovel-ready jobs that you've been calling for?
0: Well, the infrastructure top-ups that I'm now calling the consolation prize for genuine GST reform. But uh, let's not look, look a gift horse in the mouth, uh, even though if it's only half a gift horse because we're now up to 50, all of 50 cents in the dollar. But yes, look, they're good, they good projects. A lot of them are not particularly $2.8 billion of road funding. None of that's actually allocated in the state budget yet because most of them have to have their business cases done. Now, some of those will clearly get done uh, fairly soon. In terms of Metronet, that's obviously a big one. Now, the Morley to Ellenbrook line is a few years away yet, but there's about $300 million of work allocated in uh, financial year 19. That's a uh, year ending June 30, 2019 for the Yanship extension and the Thornley to Coburn uh, spur, if you like. Uh, and that, that's, that's good. That's, you know, I'd, I'd classify that as shovel ready. You must also remember that the airport Forestfield uh, Forestville Airport link is already happening, it's just it's happening underground and nobody notices that and that is part of Metronet and the biggest spend on that is next financial year. So there's quite a bit. I'd like to see a lot more. I'd like to see for instance the Bunbury Outer Ring Road, the Bindoon Bypass and the extension of the Mitchell Freeway out to Romeo Road, fast track, but it'll depend on how that goes with the uh, with the business cases. Uh, and, you know, with the federal election around about a year away, it's probably not the final story on that anyway, so if they want to sling a bit more our way for genuine shovel-ready, like, for instance, some some work on Great Eastern Highway where it's crying out for it, uh, we wouldn't look that at it, gift horse in the mouth either.
1: So, even though we've had the announcements um, around the infrastructure top-up, certainly probably sounds of it, not the last announcement we're going to see in relation to when these projects are going to get underway.
0: Oh no, definitely not. They may Some of them may get up even in the mid-year review in December or certainly in the next budget. So just because they're not in the, the forward estimates out to financial year 22 doesn't mean they won't be put in there. I'm sure they'll be put in there as quickly as they can. Once those business cases go through, and they'll probably be announced by both state and federal government a second time, and it'll look like doubling up. But anyway, we'll take the money uh, when we can. And of course, um, the
1: uh, the productivity commission has has provided its report to the treasurer on uh, on GST distribution. Uh, the treasurer is obviously at uh, liberty to release that as he sees fit in the in the coming weeks. But that's uh, another uh, fascinating uh, chapter in uh, the unfolding saga of uh, GST ahead of us.
0: Well, it certainly is. He has until August to release it because it's a certain number of sitting days and that's the way it works and there's not a lot of those who, when the winter break in there. Uh, probably won't go before all those by-elections come up, but I'd like to think that it's well before August that we see that and see the government's uh, response to that because that's really important. As I say, the infrastructure top-ups are the, are the next best thing, but they're no substitute for uh, solid... And substantial reform of the GST allocation.
1: Well, Alan, thanks very much for joining us in the Bankwest Cafe today. That's all we've got time for today, but join us again soon for our next Bankwest Economic Insights podcast. Until then, bye for now.
0: Thank you for listening to the Bankwest Economic Insights podcast.